Welcome to the show on this Thursday, September 7th, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio. Beantown Athletics, Boston's number one source for screen printing and embroidery. This is the Danny Picard Show, presented by DraftKings. Get your week one NFL lineups in today and play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. Today's show is also presented by Teresa's Market in Brighton. For the best Mexican food in Boston, head down to Teresa's Market on Washington Street. And I know the college students are back in town. And when you're a college student and you return from summer break, especially when you're going to college in the city, what's the first thing you do, or at least one of the first things you do when you arrive? You make sure all your familiar local establishments are still intact. Well, fear not Boston and fear not students in Boston. Teresa's Market isn't going anywhere. In fact, they've got exactly what it takes to hit the spot with authentic dishes made to order. Teresa's Market is family-owned and is also a full-service convenience store providing fresh groceries, lottery, coffee, baked goods, marinated meats, and poultry. But more importantly, Teresa's Market in Brighton has the best tacos and burritos in the entire city of Boston. That's right, the best tacos and burritos. And you know what? I'm from Southie, and I do the show here in Dorchester, and I still make the drive over to Teresa's Market in Brighton. If I want Mexican food, that is the place that I go. That's the place you should go to as well. Teresa's Market, go there on Washington Street in Brighton, and please tell them I sent you. Here we go. Week number one in the National Football League begins tonight as the New England Patriots host the Kansas City Chiefs. At Gillette Stadium, there's going to be a lot going on. There's a lot going on today, a lot going on tonight. There was supposed to be, oh, there is a concert downtown. Is the NFL running this? Well, it was, it was a secret concert, but word got out today that the band or the group that is playing this concert in downtown Boston is Gusta. Now, I've heard of Gusta, but I have... No fucking idea what they sing. I really don't. I have no clue what they sing. So perhaps <laughs> there's a pretty good reason they were keeping this thing under wraps. There's a pretty good reason they were keeping this concert secret because I don't think it's going to be any good. And I just don't know how many people are going to even show up. So they wanted you to go not know who you you were going to see thinking that they had, you know, this is the NFL. This game's Thursday Night Football, nationally televised on NBC. They were going to send you somebody pretty special to play this secret concert in downtown Boston today or later today. But uh, I think the reason they were keeping this thing secret is because they didn't want you knowing who it was going to be because they didn't want you not showing up. But Gusta will be performing downtown in downtown Boston if that is your sort of thing. It's not my thing. My thing is tonight... The actual game itself, Patriots, Chiefs, and uh, I will give my pick for this game. I, there's a lot going on in this show. Uh, this show is really the kickoff show for the NFL season and NFL coverage on this very podcast. Now, I do other stuff than NFL, but during the NFL season, and especially on Thursdays during the NFL season, you know, we get a lot going on because every Thursday I close out every show with a segment that will return today. I will close out today's show. With this segment called Picks Picks, I give you five NFL games with the spread. I pick five games with the spread. I do it every Thursday. I will close out today's show with Picks Picks. I will also debut a brand new segment uh, that we'll be doing throughout the NFL season on Thursdays called Gotta Have Them. That's where I will pick one player that you gotta have in your DraftKings lineup for the upcoming week. So I will do that on today's podcast as well, and I'll do it throughout the NFL season. Again, the segment is called Gotta Have Them, and I'll give you one player you gotta have in your DraftKings lineup. And also today on this show, I will reveal my NFL season predictions. Uh, You know, I'll run through it quick. My division winners, my playoff seedings, and up to my Super Bowl champion. I have all that stuff ready to go for you today. So this is a huge NFL, we'll call it an NFL preview show with my season predictions. Uh, but then we debut the new DraftKings segment that I'll give you, which I'm just giving you one play each week. I know last year during the NFL season, we gave you an entire 20-minute segment in which I, we told you 
a whole lineup to put together. I'm not going to do that for you. Uh, and, and, and one of the reasons is I don't really want to give you my entire DraftKings lineup. No offense. You know, I want you to win, and I want you to win by playing for free on DraftKings by using my promo code PICK. But, you know, I don't want to give you my lineup because, especially this week, you know, you have a chance to win a billion dollars, a billion dollars with the perfect lineup. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to give you one player that you got to have, and that's it. We'll do that every week as well, and I'll do that today. So, picks, picks, got to have them, my new segment and my NFL season predictions. And and I'll give you my pick for tonight's Patriots-Chiefs game as well. That will not be part of Picks Picks. That'll just be a bonus. If you listen to this show before, if you've listened to the Picks Picks segment, you know that I only give you the Sunday games. Sometimes I'll throw in a Monday night football game. I'll, I'll pick one. I'll pick the Monday night game, maybe, but I don't always do it. I usually just stick with the Sunday games. I don't really ever touch the Thursday night football game. Um, it's just kind of a wacky game. But, uh, you know, I'm ready for it tonight, Patriots and Chiefs. But before I do get into all of that NFL stuff, you know, I do more than just NFL on this show. I have to touch upon a Major League Baseball storyline that here locally in Boston has been a big deal. It's been a big deal. But it's a big deal, but it's also the most ridiculous storyline since Deflategate. Okay? It is. And if you haven't been paying attention, or if you have, I'm here to give my take on it. The Red Sox-Yankees rivalry went to a new place this week, I guess you could say, with regards to stealing signs, but not just stealing signs and, you know, stealing the signals that the catcher is giving the pitcher. Not just stealing signs. Using technology to steal signs. Right? That's the story. And it began on Tuesday. The New York Times on Tuesday, released a story, and here's the headline to it. It says, The Boston Red Sox used Apple Watches to steal signs against the Yankees. Now, you see that headline, and what do you think? You think that, I mean, they kind of make it sound like the guy on second base. When you just read the headline, when I just saw, like, the initial tweets on Tuesday... And obviously, I haven't had a chance to to react other than Twitter. I reacted on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. My initial reaction actually was, they instead of an investigation on the Red Sox using Apple Watches to steal Yankees signs, they should do an investigation. There should be an investigation on the Apple Store itself. Does anybody know what's going on in there? And I know I've given you this rant before. I've given it to you many times. But when's the, honestly, when's the last time you went to the Apple Store? And, and, and when you did go in the Apple Store last, did you look around? Did you, did you talk to people that work there? Did you try to understand what's going on when they put their phone up to that little wooden desk and all of a sudden a draw opens out of fucking nowhere? What is going on in there? And, and then, if you are going in there for some type of repair, you know, you need some work in your laptop or, or your phone, they go behind that wall. What's going on behind that wall? And, you know, I kind of blame Game of Thrones for this. But whenever it comes to some type of wall, I just, I have a, an extra little curiosity about what's going on behind the wall. Right? I mean, you know, Game of Thrones, the, the White Walkers, that's, that's behind the wall. You know, you can, who, who's going who's gonna to defend the wall there? What's going on behind the wall in the Apple Store? Does anybody know? Like, would you be surprised if there was something it's shady going on back there. I know I wouldn't. I mean, there could be a whole just secret potty back there. I have no clue. But they should do an investigation on the Apple store. The people that work there. They, they, you ever like talk to like they want to get more information out of you than you want to give anybody. What do you when you go in the Apple store, you're looking to do one thing. You 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 know what you're looking to accomplish. You either want a new phone, you want a new iPad, you want a new computer, you want some type of um, accessory to go along with something that you have uh, that that's from the Apple Store. You want to get something fixed. You know what you're doing. You know they make you sign in. They make you wait, and they they ask you a million questions, and they want to get personal. Like I had this one person in the Apple Store that was just grilling me on, like I was in there with my girlfriend, and he's just grilling me on how we met. And I'm just, where she's from, where I'm from. I'm going, wait a minute. 
Listen, I didn't come here to make new friends, buddy. We came here. To, she wants the Apple Watch. That's it. I didn't come here to wait. I didn't come here to talk to you about how we met. I didn't come here to make new friends. We came here to buy something from you. So why don't you go get what we want to purchase, okay? Take my debit card. Uh, you know, take the money. Take our money. Do, do something. And let's get the fuck out of here. In and out. That's why there's a line. Everybody that's working in that store is trying to not just sell you something. They're trying to make new friends. But that just goes along with, with all the things that I have no idea what's happening in that store. They, if there needs to be an investigation that's related to Apple, it needs to be on what's going on in the Apple stores. I don't know. I've tried to figure it out, but I can't. It's, it, it makes me not want to go in there. Like when I know I have to go in there, I dread it. It's awful. It's an awful feeling because they have great stuff. I have an iPhone. I'm looking at an iPad right now. I had a MacBook Pro that was broken, which, you know, they, they wanted to charge me an arm and a leg to fix, and I just wouldn't let them do it. So I'll probably have to buy one of those soon. Um, I, you know, I love their, their stuff, but I hate going in that store. They really need to do an investigation on that because it's something that's bo- it, it, it's been bothering me for a while, as you, as you can tell. But um, one thing that doesn't bother me about Apple is when Major League Baseball players or Major League Baseball teams are using their technology to steal signals from a catcher in Major League Baseball. And here's why it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because, at least if you look at the scheme that the New York Times talks about in this report that came out Tuesday in which the Red Sox were using Apple Watches to steal Yankees and other teams' catches signals, um, the scheme that they call it, is just pretty idiotic. I mean, it's stupid, right? Because And it's stupid because it seems so complicated. The story is that there's a Red Sox... There's somebody in the Red Sox organization who, who has an iPhone, who's in the clubhouse at Fenway watching something on TV, watching a camera that is pointed at the Yankee catcher, right? And, or another team's catcher. That person in the Red Sox clubhouse sends an iMessage to one of the Red Sox trainers in the dugout who has an iWatch, an Apple Watch, on his hand. The trainer in the dugout gets the message on his Apple Watch as to what the pitcher's going to be, tells a player, either sitting next to him or sitting somewhere in the dugout, and uh, that player sends a signal out to either the guy at second base who sends it into the hitter or maybe even dishes it out to the hitter himself. But doesn't that seem extremely complicated, right? And don't tell me that they're using this process in order to, to steal signs for later in the game. Because if that was the case, you could just have the guy go to the, into the clubhouse, get the signs, write them down, and you wouldn't need an Apple Watch. He could walk up to the tunnel. It could be a member of the training staff, walk up to the tunnel, then tell the player, then they could give the signs. There would really be no need for the Apple Watch. But the Apple Watch is at the center of this thing because the guy using the Apple Watch to get a message from someone in the dugout is, excuse me, from someone in the clubhouse is sitting in the dugout giving it to a player. It's, it's, it's the use of a electronic device that has the Yankees up in arms, that has the Yankees upset and their panties in a bunch to the point where the Yankees have video of this. They have video of, of somebody on the Red Sox training staff in the dugout with an Apple Watch telling a player... And I think who they said the players were, Pedroia and Holt. And they were dishing out signs to people in the field to steal signals from the Yankees catcher. One, it's an idiotic plan because it's, I mean, that's just, that's one too many steps. <laughs> it's, it's idiotic because it's so damn fucking complicated. And so the Yankees send the video to the league. Um, the story gets out in the New York Times. And so now, since the story comes out in the New York Times... Everybody has to respond. The Red Sox have to respond, and they basically admitted to it, right? They admitted to it. Red Sox admitted they were doing it. And Commissioner Rob Manfred had to admit to the investigation. Said, yep, had an investigation, received word from the Yankees last month. Uh, They sent this video, and we haven't come up with a punishment yet, 
But we have investigated, and we did find that the Red Sox were using electronic devices to to attempt to steal signals. And, um, you know, I, I think where Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, looks very good in this situation, I think where he looks very good is, is, is the way he responded to it. He had a little press conference at Fenway, and he answered the questions. You know, he faced the music, but he also said, look, Stealing signs has been part of the game for a long time. And you know what? It's not illegal. What is illegal is the use of electronic devices. But he also said he wishes the team sort of could have handled this by, you know, GM to GM, right? Cashman talked to Dombrowski. Dombrowski talked to Cashman. What's going on? What's going on? Figure this out behind the scenes. Don't let this thing get public. And so... Yeah, you know, some people say, well, that, that's dirty. You know, now you're sweeping stuff that's illegal under the rug. Well, no. What you're trying to do is you're trying to prevent a ridiculous storyline like this to get to the point of, let's say, Deflategate, which was the most ridiculous storyline in the history of sports, right? The most ridiculous, idiotic scandal. And if you can't see me, obviously, you're just listening to me. When I say scandal, I'm putting my fingers in the quotations other people called that a scandal. I did not. But because that was made such a big deal by everybody and their mother, not just in the NFL, with the commissioner giving this thing new life time and time again, but also in the media. The commissioner of Major League Baseball sees that. And, and I assume that every commissioner in, in every other sport, I assume that they see something like that that's so stupid, that is just so, uh, you know, I, I should say, doesn't affect the game as, as as much as it was made out to affect the game. They look at those that Deflategate situation from afar, and they must say, we don't want anything like that happening in our sport. And while they say that, they probably know that everybody's looking for a competitive edge. And like the commissioner came out and said to Major League Baseball the other day, look, people steal signs. And he's not the only one to say it. The Red Sox came out and said it. You'll have, you know, Yankees, I'm sure, will say it. Everybody in the league will say it. It happens. Sort of an unwritten rule that you shouldn't do it. Sometimes if you get caught stealing a sign, maybe you'll see someone get thrown at. You know, maybe you'll see somebody say something to someone on the other team. Maybe maybe it's even handled behind the scenes. But it happens, right? It's just the use of electronic devices is apparently what pissed the Yankees off to the point where they needed to send video evidence to the commissioner. And because the New York Times reported this and found out about this, the commissioner needed to respond. I think he had a great response. And, and, and on top of his response, he said, you know, maybe there'll be some punishment. Now, the punishment is not going to be what someone like John Heyman, who I don't even know where John Heyman works anymore. John Heyman was at one point during his career, a, a at least in my opinion, a very well-respected baseball writer. Right? He was. And, and I respected him, and, and I used to listen to him do radio hits all over the place, TV hits, and I want, he was the type of guy that covered the league and, and had a lot of sources and a lot of inside info, and you wanted to know what someone like John Heyman had to say, especially around the time of the trade deadline. John Heyman... Was on, what was he on, 98.5, the sports hub the other day? And he sounded like a complete moron. He sounded like, and I tweeted this out, he sounded like he was drunk, John Heyman. And, and you know what? Maybe I didn't, did I tweet that out? I tweeted out a couple things about it. I don't know if I tweeted that out specifically. But if I didn't tweet it out, I don't remember. I'll tell you right now. John Heyman sounded like he was drunk. He said he thinks that the punishment for this should be that the Red Sox should forfeit all of their wins against the Yankees this season, for the entire season. They play 19 fucking times. He wanted the Red Sox, John Heyman, he wanted them to forfeit all of their wins against the Yankees this year. That's insane. That is, this is what I tweeted out, actually. That is, that response, that reaction to this situation is everything that is wrong with the world in my opinion, right? We call it the pussification of America, the sensitivity with everybody in this day and age in 2017. You mean to tell me you've covered Major League Baseball your entire life. 
You know the ins and outs of the game. You know more than anybody else that signal stealing is part of the game. All right? Maybe not necessarily the way the Red Sox were doing it. But you mean to tell me that with all this technology in the world that at some point people weren't going to try to use an Apple Watch or some type of technological device to steal a sign or gain a competitive edge in a baseball game? Never mind baseball, but any other sport. Of course they are. Of course they're trying to do this. So how could you be so foolish and shocked at this story, at this news? And if you looked at the report and what the Red Sox were trying to do, more than anything, it makes the Red Sox look like idiots. It doesn't make me think that, oh, they're stealing all these signs. They're in first place because of the Apple Watch. No, they're not. John Heyman, you fucking fool. Okay? And that's an idiotic response from you to, to want the Red Sox to have to forfeit every win that they have over the Yankees this season. That's stupid. That's stupid. All right? So who knows what the punishment is going to be for this? But look, signal stealing, it happens. It's happened many times before. It's going to continue to happen Throughout the history, you know, the future, the history, the future, the past, present, future of Major League Baseball, it's going to keep happening, all right? And, and, and you know what? I, it's, going to be, it's going to be attempted again by somebody else with a technological device, with an electronic device. It is. That's the, that's the world we live in. There's an app for everything. iPhone iPad, Apple Watch, look at all the things you could do. You mean to tell me you're shocked that somebody in Major League Baseball or in any sport is trying to use one of these devices to get to gain a competitive edge? Honestly, like, I don't know how you could be shocked at this. All of that said, should the Red Sox receive some type of punishment? Well, look, even the commissioner said the use of electronic equipment is is illegal. Right? So there's got to be some type of punishment. But um, look, I, I, I do believe that the Red Sox, and we're starting to see this now because the story today is that the Red Sox actually, when this story came out uh, uh, recently, they've sent the commissioner video. They're, the Red Sox are now accusing the Yankees of using their television network, of using a television network camera of theirs, the Yes Network, using a Yes Network television camera pointed at the Red Sox bench coach giving signals in the du- in the Red Sox dugout and they have a they're accusing the Yankees of specifically having one camera from their television network directed at the Red Sox dugout to steal signals and the Red Sox say they have video of it and so they sent that video into the commissioner so when you see that response from the Red Sox fire back right away and say you know what we're accusing we know that the that the Yankees spy on us when you see the Red Sox do that, that tells you what the Red Sox mindset is. It's they're doing it to us, so we're doing it to them. And if they weren't doing it to us, we knew that they eventually would be. Or if it wasn't them, it would be someone else, right? That's the mentality. Uh, and I don't think it's just the mentality of the Red Sox. I guarantee you it's the mentality of every other team around the league, especially those teams that are in a competitive spot right now to make a run at a World Series. I think everybody is trying to do something at all times to gain a competitive edge. And if you are looking at this story, whether it's the Yankees ratting out the Red Sox or the Red Sox ratting out the Yankees, if you're looking at this story and you are so pissed off and you are appalled, and you can't believe they're doing this, and you think the Red Sox should start forfeiting games, and that they're an embarrassment, and that everybody in Boston cheats, you're a fucking loser, okay? You're a fool. You're an idiot. You're just as stupid as the Red Sox who were trying to pull this stupid thing off. Doesn't even make sense what they were trying to do. Doesn't even make sense. So, um... Hopefully we can all just move on from this story. It sounds like Rob Manfred Manfred wants to move on. And the story today that came out that the Red Sox sent video to the commissioner of the Yankees stealing their signs with the Yes Network television camera, that story has an interesting little, little tidbit that says, behind the scenes, Major League Baseball was trying to, you know, they saw this situation come up, and they were trying to get the Red Sox and Yankees to handle it behind the scenes 
because they didn't want to get out to the public. But can you blame them? When you see how some people react, when you see how someone like John Heyman reacts to this, at one point a well-respected baseball writer, he's going to react like that? That's why, you know, just some of the sensitivity that goes along with this stuff in competitive sports at the highest level, some people just, I'm convinced, have never even, that, that are given a take on this, have never even been in any type of competitive environment in their life. I mean, I'm not trying to say that, you know, I, when I used to play sports, I would, I would, I would cheat. Um, but, but I think the word cheating sometimes, I, I think it can be blown out of proportion. I, I do. I think it can be blown out of proportion. And let's be honest. We, we don't live in a perfect world, right? In, in any aspect, even outside of sports, as you know, we do not live in a perfect world. We live in a world where people do cheat where people do lie, right? Where people are not loyal. Just ask Isaiah Thomas. And by the way, little sidebar here, I'm not going to get too much into it because we have a lot of NFL stuff that I need to get to in just a few minutes. But if you have not read it, if you have not read the Isaiah Thomas piece on the Players' Tribune, then you are doing yourself a disservice. Now, I've told you, as big of an Isaiah Thomas fan as I was and I have been over the last couple of years, I told you that I, I, I agree with the trade because I, I do think that you had to make that move for the Celtics to get Kyrie Irving, who's three years younger than Isaiah Thomas, who's got more years left on his deal. You, you had to make that move if you're the Celtics. You had to make that trade. But when they made the trade, Isaiah Thomas was obviously, he was crushed. Isaiah Thomas released a piece on the Players' Tribune yesterday. And just to give you a little little hint as to what I was talking about with regards to how he feels about loyalty after this whole thing, here's a quote from Isaiah Thomas. He says, quote, loyalty is just a word. It's a powerful word. But when it comes to business, it ain't nothing to count on. Loyalty is just a word. It's a powerful word. But when it comes to business, it ain't. Nothing to count on. End quote. And uh, I'll say amen to that. <laughs> okay? Amen to that. When it comes to business, loyalty ain't nothing to count on. And we live in a world where people are not loyal, uh, people lie, people cheat, and this thing, whatever we're doing, is not perfect. So um, if you're expecting it to be just that and, and expect everybody... To, to, you know, be so honest all the time, then I think you are living on another planet. I do. I think you're living on another planet. So uh, when I see this Red Sox-Yankees story, I, I guess I sort of laugh. I see how the league has responded, and they're all, they're, they're just, they're responding, obviously, in a way in which they do not want this thing to take on a life of its own like Deflategate. They don't want Deflategate. They don't want this to be the new Deflategate. And neither do I. Neither do I. And in fact, when I think of what the Yankees did and what the Red Sox did, I do believe that they're just trying to get in each other's heads. I wrote a column in the Boston Metro. It's in today's paper. It's online. It was online last night. It was thrown up there last night. I tweeted it out last night. Uh, I think they're trying to get in each other's heads because they don't play each other again. And I think the Yankees, you know, why not if you're them? I mean, why not? You don't play, you want gamesmanship? You want to steal our signs? Here's gamesmanship. We're in your head. We're going to report it. We're going to get you punished for this. Now will you be stealing signs? Yeah, they probably will be. But now they might have to go about another way to try and do it. So uh, I think it's some gamesmanship. And if you look at the standings today, on this Thursday, September 7th, the Red Sox are four games ahead of the Yankees for first place in the AL East. And uh, now the Red Sox, they'll have tonight off on Thursday. They'll begin a three-game series at home against Tampa Bay beginning tomorrow on Friday. The rotation will be Pomeranz, Sale, and Porcello. The Red Sox just won two of three over the Toronto Blue Jays the last couple nights. And um, they'll continue this nine-game homestand. And if you told me the Red Sox could take two of three against... Toronto, like they did, against Tampa, and even against Oakland, you know, you win, what's what's that, six of nine? They should at least win six of nine. 
right? At least. So, um, you know, if you told me they win seven of nine, I, I, I would say they should be doing that too. But at least six of nine, they should at least win every series and take two of the three games and all of these three series at home. So I will keep my eye on the Red Sox this weekend against Tampa Bay. And um, I'll keep an eye on the postseason race. Red Sox still in first place. Yankees trying to catch them. And I think at the end of the day, all this is with the Apple Watch and ratting to the commissioner. I think it's just gamesmanship between both teams now trying to get in each other's heads. I, I don't ultimately I don't think it's gonna work and and stay and getting getting each other's heads and staying in each other's heads to the point where it changes the landscape of the division. But um you know, Yankees have an opportunity. There's some baseball to be played and I think they're trying to get they're trying to get any edge they can get by trying to get the Red Sox in trouble for this. But do not, please do not turn this into the next deflate game. Don't do it. Please. Please. So, uh, speaking of Deflategate, uh, Roger Goodell will be in the building tonight at Gillette Stadium. Will we see him on TV? Probably not. If we do, he'll be like in the back of some suite in the back row, right? He'll just be standing there. He'll be talking to someone he won't even acknowledge. He might look up while he's talking to someone and see that he's on TV and he'll continue the conversation. He might even give someone a hug when he sees that he's on TV. Who knows? Goodell will be in the building. I don't know that he'll really be seen at all by people who are in the stands. But um, everybody knows he's going to be there. And everybody knows he's going to be watching the Patriots reveal their latest Super Bowl championship banner. That will all happen tonight. Patriots, a nine-point favorite in this one tonight. As Tom Brady begins his quest for a sixth Super Bowl ring. He's looking for a sixth Super Bowl ring. And I've told you the last couple shows, I've given you my prediction for the Patriots this season. It's that I think they will finish with a 13-3 record. I think that's going to be their record, 13 wins. The over-under is 12.5. I'm taking the over, obviously, with the 13 wins. So I'm predicting the Pats to have a 13-3 record. Um, So I predict them to win tonight at home against Kansas City. And as a nine-point favorite, Here's my pick for this game, mainly just because the Patriots are playing. This is not part of my picks pick segment. But I'm taking the Patriots by 17 tonight at home. So I'm taking the Patriots to cover the minus nine. And so this will be one of their wins. I know some people have asked me, well, what are the losses? And when I look at the schedule for the Patriots, the three losses I have them, the three games I have them losing are at the end of the season. After the week nine bye, they have the bye in week nine, Sunday, November 5th. That's their bye week. Um, so here's the game. The first game I have the Patriots losing is week 11 in Mexico against the Oakland Raiders. Now, this technically is a home game for Oakland, not for the Patriots. So don't worry. But I do think that when you get games like this at a neutral site, and the league is trying to promote both teams. The league is trying to promote the game. They might make the Patriots... The league might make the Patriots do some things that are sort of outside of what they usually do, especially when it comes to media coverage heading into this game. I don't know. It just kind of, You see it on schedule. You see it on paper. I believe Oakland's going to be a very good team this season, as you'll hear about in my predictions that I'll give, my season predictions in just a moment. But um, I get the Patriots losing that game because I think it just could be a crazy lead-up, a crazy build-up, maybe a crazy week. I don't even know at this point how long they're going to spend there, but how many days they're going to spend there leading up to it. But I would think that it's not going to be your typical, uh, you know, leave on Saturday, sleep this Saturday night. It's going to be bigger than that. I think the Patriots lose this game. I do. I think it's just going to, that game's going to be kind of a shit show against a very good Raiders team. That'll be the first Patriots loss in Week 11. Their second loss will come two weeks after that in Week 13 on December 3rd in Buffalo. So after that game against Oakland and Mexico, they return home for a Sunday afternoon game against Miami. They'll beat Miami there, but then they'll go to Buffalo for the first of a three-game road trip in Buffalo Week 13, at Miami Week 14, at Pittsburgh Week 15. The Patriots are going to lose, this is my prediction, two 
of those three road games. They're going to lose in Buffalo week 13. They're going to lose in Pittsburgh week 15, which as of now is a 425 start on Sunday, December 17th in Pittsburgh. But if you look at the Sunday night football schedule and you take into account the the flex schedule, you know, NBC, Sunday night football, they can flex into another game, flex out of something, flex into one, pick up the game of the week. Right now, at least when I looked at it when I printed out this schedule, they had Cowboys and the Raiders. Cowboys in Oakland. That could Look, that could be a good game. But if it's, you know, depending on where those two teams stand, and again, this plays into my predictions a little bit, maybe showing my hand with what I think the Cowboys could or couldn't do, NBC could go to the Patriots and Steelers. Um, the logistics of that, I just don't know. But right now, that Week 15 game, it's a Sunday at 425 kickoff in Pittsburgh. Maybe that could be that could be a Sunday night game. They could change that. I don't know. But either way, I have the Patriots losing in Pittsburgh in Week 15. I do. Um, I think Pittsburgh might be trying to play for a little bit more than the Patriots at that time. Patriots, if I have my math correct, would be 11-2 and two if my if the schedule plays out the way I think it could play out entering that game. And, uh, you know, maybe it means more to Pittsburgh at that point. So, I see the Patriots losing Week 11 in Mexico against Oakland, losing Week 13 in Buffalo, and then losing Week 15 in Pittsburgh uh, to the Steelers, and the Patriots finish with a 13-3 and three record. That's my prediction, and it all begins tonight, Thursday Night Football, against the Chiefs. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to the picks. Let's begin with my NFL season predictions, all right? Let's do that, and I'll go division by division. Let's begin with the AFC East, officially, just to let you know once again, the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Let's be honest. Are you going to pick the Dolphins? Are you going to put your money on Jay Cutler? I know I'm not because Jay Cutler retired. They they pulled him out of retirement, not because he wanted to win, but because he knew he could make a quick $10 million and he knew he could live in Miami doing it. You know, the NFL is, when you talk about playing road games, you don't, it's not like baseball it's not even like hockey and basketball. You don't spend an extended period of time on the road. You do spend most of your time in your team's home city. Cutler went to the Dolphins because he wanted to live in Miami and he wanted to get paid $10 million doing it. I do not buy into him being motivated, which, other than that, could actually be a competitive Dolphin team. I'm not going to put my money in the Dolphins. Certainly not put my money in the Jets. They're going to be horrible. Buffalo... Maybe not as bad as, as as some people might think. As I told you, I got them beating the Patriots in a game this season in Week 13 in Buffalo. But you're not going to put your money on the Bills to win the division. Certainly not. So Patriots, they win the AFC East with a 13-3 and record. The AFC North, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers last year won 11 games. Um, They were the three-seed in the AFC, Ben Roethlisberger teased us with a little potential retirement after the season, but I think that was all BS. Uh, he's back. Le'Veon Bell's healthy, so we think. Uh, you know, that Steelers offense is going to be damn good once again, and when you look at the rest of that division in the AFC North, you're not going with the Ravens. You're not going with the Bengals. And come on, the Cleveland Browns, a team that won one game last year, a team that has received some awful news with Miles Garrett, their number one pick, going down with a high ankle sprain. Uh, that came out today, right? I saw that today. So what's he going to be, out four to six weeks? I mean, that is awful news for the Browns. So uh, the quarterbacks, Deshaun Kaiser, I, you putting your money on the Cleveland? Certainly not. This is Pittsburgh's division to lose. I think the Steelers should be good enough for 11 wins once again. The Steelers win the AFC North. At 11 and 5. The AFC South, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. I think Tennessee's going to have a big year. The Titans went 9 and 7 last year in the AFC South, and they just barely missed the playoffs. They, they just missed. 
They had the same record as Houston at 9-7. and seven. Houston won that division last year. Uh, but the Texans won the division record tiebreaker. They had a better division record than Tennessee. But uh, this year, I'm telling you right now, expect Marcus Mariota to have a huge year. He's going to lead Tennessee to a 10-win season, and he's going to lead the Titans to their first division title since 2008. I'm taking the Titans to win the AFC South with a 10-6 and record. And the AFC West, Oakland. Going with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Raiders last year, they did not win their division. I mean, it's surprising. when you think back of last season, you think of Oakland for most of the year being a team that we looked at with Derek Carr under center and having an impressive season. And then when you look at last year's standings and last year's playoffs and you go back, you're reminded that it was Kansas City that won that division. Uh, they won the tiebreaker with Oakland. Kansas City was 12-4. and Oakland was 12-4 and last year, but I think Oakland wins 12 games again. I just don't think Kansas City does. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Raiders are going to win the AFC West. Derek Carr, you know, he had an injury late last season. Kind of left everybody around the NFL wanting more. They wanted to see more of what the Oakland Raiders could be. Uh, I think that... I, I think that... Derek Carr is going to be one of the game's best quarterbacks, and I think he's going to prove that once again. And because he's healthy, this will be the season he stays healthy the entire season. And I'll take Oakland to get back to the playoffs, but they're not going to be a wild card. They'll be a top-four seed uh, because they will have 12 wins. And in fact, with the 12 wins, that will make them the number two seed in the AFC, giving them a first-round bye in the playoffs with the one seed New England Patriots, who, again, I told you will finish with 13 wins. So uh, that's how the AFC division winners will look. Patriots, the one seed. Oakland, the two seed. Pittsburgh, the three seed. And Tennessee, the four seed. And the wild cards in the AFC. That's right. I went very in-depth with this. Um, I I enjoy it, though. I, I enjoy putting my imagination to work. The wild cards in the AFC. I'm going with Kansas City. Again, they won the division last year. They were the two seed last year, but they're going to be a wild card at 11 and 5. And then AFC's tough, man. I mean, to pick another wild card out of the AFC is not an easy task because it's a bunch of teams that you just have no idea about. So this is sort of a shot in the dark. I mean, it's up for grabs. This Let's be clear. The second wild card spot, the final wild card spot in the AFC, the number six seed in the AFC, it's up for grabs. I'll give it to Indianapolis. I'll give it to the Colts. Colts finish at nine and seven. Andrew Luck, you know, they, he's not going to begin the season healthy. When will he start, though? I mean, he could come back in week two. He could come back in week three. And if Andrew Luck does come back and he is healthy, that could be a pretty damn good offense. And it could be good enough in a terrible AFC, in a terrible conference, at 9-7. and seven, You win a tiebreaker here or there with that record. That could be good enough to get into the playoffs as that final wild card spot at 9-7. and seven. I'll go with the Colts in that position. So the wild cards, Kansas City and Indianapolis. Let's go to the NFC. I'm going to go with, in the NFC East, this is actually... I don't think you're going to see this from a lot of people who are making picks, making predictions, who are covering the NFL this year. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East with only 10 wins. Look, as I give you this right now, Ezekiel Elliott, his suspension has been upheld, the six-game suspension. Um, But there's still appeals. Elliott's playing in week one. He's playing in week one for the Dallas Cowboys. They're saying, though, he could be suspended weeks two through seven. He could be suspended, you know, if he fights this appeal into the middle of the season, he could be suspended really whenever. If it continues to be upheld, um, I don't know, maybe he gets knocked down a little bit. Heck, maybe he doesn't serve it at all this season and he, and he serves it next year, right? That could very well happen. But uh, as I write this, Elliot, the suspension's upheld. So I have to make my prediction believing that at some point this season, he will serve it, even if it's, if it's in the middle of the season. That said, if you miss Ezekiel Elliott for six games, that's going to affect you. The Cowboys won 13 games last year. 
won the division, and they were the number one seed in the NFC. I do not think they're going to do that again. At least they will not do it if Ezekiel Elliott misses six games with this suspension, which I have to make my picks, thinking that at some point he will. So under that mindset, functioning under that mindset, here's the deal. It won't be the Cowboys winning the division. And outside of that, it's a shit show. Giants, Redskins, or Eagles. The Eagles were in last place last year at 7-9. and nine. But if you watched Carson Wentz, if you watched him play last year, I think you know that this is a big boy who likes to throw the ball down the field, who has some athleticism to boot. Um, and they got some weapons. He's got some weapons now this season, some new weapons in Philly. The Eagles have a defense that... I really like, so I'm taking the Eagles to win this division at ten with a 10-win season, uh, and it'll be Philadelphia's first playoff appearance since 2013. Bill Belichick always says, you make your biggest leap in the NFL from year one to year two. You know, Carson Wentz, I'm telling you right now, I expect him to make that leap in his second NFL season, and and in a year in which Dallas is going to be missing their best player in Ezekiel Elliott for six games, at least, again, that's the mindset I'm functioning under, Carson Wentz will be able to lead the Eagles to a 10-win season and win the NFC East. In the NFC North, how can you not pick the Green Bay Packers? Honestly, the Packers have won the North five out of the last six years. Uh, The Packers won it last year with only 10 wins, but... I think the Packers are good for 12. Put the Packers down for 12 wins this season. Aaron Rodgers coming off a 40-touchdown season. He led the Packers to the NFC Championship. You know how that went. They lost to the Falcons. Um, The Packers right out of the gate. First two weeks of the season against Seattle and against Atlanta. If they can survive that, and I guess surviving that is going 1-1, right? If they can go 1-1 or 2-0, they they will win 12 games this season. Uh, so I'm going to take Green Bay to win the NFC North again. Um, and I'm going to take them to win 12 games. That's two more, two more games than they won last year. Packers win the NFC North at 12-4. and four. In the NFC South, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons. And, and this might not be a popular pick either. Uh, the NFC South is an interesting division because last year you had New Orleans with only seven wins and you had Carolina with only six Tampa Bay showed you a lot with nine wins, that they're an up-and-coming team. But the Falcons with 11 wins won that division last year. They go to the Super Bowl. They have that collapse. Because of the collapse, I think there's a lot of people, or at least I sense this feeling, that there's a lot of people that think the Falcons will never get back to the big game, or at least that the Falcons are done. That that collapse in the Super Bowl is going to be in their head all season long, and that they will that collapse will continue to linger and that they're going to have a terrible season. I don't feel that way. If it is in their head, perhaps it's in their head when they come to Gillette Stadium in Week 7 to play the Patriots. Other than that, though, I'm telling you right now, you know, the Falcons got to play the rest of the AFC East. That is not difficult for them. Atlanta's going to win 13 games. They're going to win. They're going to be, in my opinion, Atlanta's going to be a better team in the regular season this year than they were last year. I really believe that. You could talk about mind games and being, you know, being in their head all you want with that collapse. I think these guys are professional athletes. That stuff might come back to haunt them in the playoffs, but in the regular season, I do think the Falcons are going to mean business. And at some point, you have to look at talent and think that the most talented players in the league will win out. The Falcons, regardless of how they lost the Super Bowl last year, they are still a very talented team with a high-powered offense. I'm telling you right now, Falcons win 13 games. They will be the number one seed in the NFC. They will win the NFC South at 13-3. and In the NFC West, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks with 11 wins. That's what I have the Seahawks at. Seahawks won the division last year. Um, last year marked the third time in the last four years that they won the NFC West. Seahawks won it with 10 wins. They went 10-5-1 last season. The biggest stat there, though, is they are 7-1 and one at home. I'll ask you this question. 
does anybody want to play in Seattle? Do you want to play at Seattle? The answer is no. As long as that answer is no, until that answer changes, the Seahawks are going to win this division again. Uh, And I pick them to win the division this year with 11 wins. Now, a team to keep an eye out for, and this brings us into the wild card spot, are the Arizona Cardinals in that NFC West. The Cardinals had only seven wins last year, but I'm telling you right now, they're going to have a bounce-back season. They might not get to the Super Bowl, but when you look at the Cardinals two years ago, what, they went to the NFC Championship, right? Um, You know, I think... This somewhere in between an NFC championship team and a team that finished last season with seven wins. I'm going to put Arizona as a wildcard team and the number five seed in the NFC with 10 wins this season. And then I'm giving the sixth seed in the NFC, the last wildcard spot, to the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers finished six and 10 last year. What the fuck happened to them, right? The year before that, they were in the Super Bowl. They lost to the Broncos. Um, I, I don't know what happened to them, but what I will tell you is they're better than six and 10 and they'll prove it with a 10 and six record this season. Those are my wild cards, the Arizona Cardinals, the five seed, the Panthers, the six seed. So here we go. Atlanta, the one seed in the NFC, Green Bay, the two seed, which means Atlanta and Green Bay will get the first round buys Seattle, the three seed and the Philadelphia Eagles the fourth seed, and that brings us to the NFL playoffs, and I have the brackets in front of me. Let's get right to it. In the AFC wildcard round, the three-seed Pittsburgh Steelers, they will defeat the six-seed Indianapolis Colts, and the Tennessee Titans, the fourth seed, will defeat the five-seed Kansas City Chiefs. We'll stick with the AFC in the divisional round. The Patriots, the number one seed Patriots, will beat the Tennessee Titans. And then the Oakland Raiders will host the Steelers. And yep, the Oakland Raiders will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, setting us up for an AFC championship of the New England Patriots hosting the Oakland Raiders at Gillette Stadium. To that, I will pick the New England Patriots to once again win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 52 is Sunday, February 4th. In Minnesota. And uh, the Patriots will be there defeating the Raiders in the AFC Championship at Gillette. In the NFC playoffs, the NFC wildcard round, the number three seed Seahawks will beat the six seed Carolina Panthers in Seattle. And how about this upset? The Arizona Cardinals, the wildcard team, will go into Philly and beat the number four seed Eagles, I guess, by seeding an upset, but perhaps if Arizona has the type of year that I think they could have, uh, it might not feel like an upset at the time with regards to the skill level of both teams. So I get Arizona beating Philly, Seattle beating Carolina. Then in the NFC Divisional round, I have the number one seed Atlanta Falcons beating the Arizona Cardinals and the number three Seahawks beating the number two Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Got the Seahawks sort of rolling there into the playoffs. Brings us to NFC Championship. That game is going to be in Atlanta. And it's going to be the Seahawks going into Atlanta to beat the Falcons. Maybe that's where some things creep into the Falcons' head in the big must-win championship game. Seahawks will go to the Super Bowl, and it'll be a rematch of Super Bowl Forty Nine. Um, a couple years ago, Patriots, Seahawks, uh, this will be the rematch. And I will take the New England Patriots to win Super Bowl 52 uh, back-to-back Super Bowl championships. And my Super Bowl MVP will be Danny Amendola. That's it. Those are my season predictions. I know you say, well, uh, you're a Boston guy. You're a New England guy. No surprise that you picked the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Well, let's be honest. It's not like I'm picking a team that has no shot. It's not like I'm I'm picking a team that you're shocked that I'm picking because you don't think they're good enough to win it. I think we can all agree. As long as Tom Brady's the quarterback and as long as Bill Belichick's the coach, the New England Patriots have a great chance to win the Super Bowl, and that is what I am predicting them to do. So those are my season predictions in the NFL 
Um, if you want them in print, well, I'll probably be posting them on my website, dannypicard.com. Also, uh, I put them in the South Boston Today newspaper. If you're in the South Boston or even the Seaport District, Seaport area, you can get that newspaper. I believe it's in pretty much every store that they have down the waterfront. So um, I put my season predictions in print in that newspaper as well. So uh, there we go. Those are my predictions. And now just sort of bringing it back to week one. Let's bring it back to week one, right? Because right now, one game at a time, all that matters is tonight, Patriots, Chiefs at Gillette. All that matters is these games on Sunday and Monday, week one in the NFL. And that brings us to my new segment that I'll give you every single Thursday, which is called Gotta Have Them, presented by DraftKings. Every week, I'll give you one NFL player that you gotta have in your DraftKings lineup. And again, you can play for free at DraftKings.com or on their app by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And you know what? To celebrate week one in the NFL, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest this Sunday, that is totally free to enter, again, with my promo code PICK. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. So, I don't know why you wouldn't do this, right? And when it comes to the perfect lineup, I'll give you the perfect player. Gotta have him. Who is it for week one? It's Le'Veon Bell. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in Cleveland Sunday at 1, and the Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell He's going to have a huge game. He absolutely owns the Cleveland Browns in his career. And last season, what was it, week 11 in the NFL last year, Le'Veon Bell had one of his biggest fantasy days of the year in Cleveland, 146 rushing yards on 28 carries and a touchdown. He had 37 points in DraftKings, 37 DFS points. So, uh... He averages 100 yards a game on the ground against the Cleveland Browns in his career. And again, I told you about Cleveland's injury situation on the defensive end. Miles Garrett, their number one pick, he is out with a high ankle sprain. The Browns are going to be brutal once again. And um, Le'Veon Bell, they say he's healthy, he's back, he's ready to go. He's going to have a big day on the ground, huge day. This is the guy you got to have, Le'Veon Bell. Steelers in Cleveland Sunday at 1. If you're going to pick one player in your DraftKings lineup this weekend, Le'Veon Bell is the guy that you got to have. And again, go to DraftKings.com or download their app and play for free with my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. So, without further ado, the most popular segment on the Danny Picard Show is Picks Picks for Week 1 in the NFL, let's get to it. Hit the music. And I got to tell you, week one, Picks Picks are presented by Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe in Dorchester. My studio is right down the street from Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe. So on my way home tonight, I'm going to be stopping by to pick up some food to throw on the grill for the Patriots game tonight. Going to get some steak tips, going to get some chicken, and of course, a couple sausages that is seasoned with spices straight from Ireland at Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe. Speaking of Ireland, if you haven't been to Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe for the Irish breakfast, then I don't know what you're waiting for. This place is a staple in Boston. So stop in today on Adams Corner in Dorchester and let Jeannie and Gordon, otherwise known as Flash Gordon, take care of you for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And whether you want to stock your fridge or fill your stomach by eating in their cafe, Everything is made to order with the freshest ingredients. Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe in Dorchester. So let's get to it. Week number one, five games with the spread. Uh, we I do have to let you know we got two teams with a buy in week one. This is this is rare and it's a special situation because the Dolphins and Buccaneers. What was it? Hurricane Irma. Is that what it's called? Irma. There's a hurricane in Florida. So um. You know, they are going to postpone this game until week 11. That's when both teams have a bye. So, week 11, Dolphins, Buccaneers, you don't see a bye in week one. But this year we have one. So, um, obviously, 
stay away from making any picks on that game. But with these picks, I'm giving you all favorites this week. All favorites. Three road teams. Let's get to it. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons minus seven over the Chicago Bears in Chicago. I've been teasing this pick for a couple weeks because, like I told you in my season predictions, I do believe that the Atlanta Falcons are going to have a big year. I believe they're going to be the one seed in the NFC. I believe they're going to win 13 games. What are the Chicago Bears going to do? They won three games last season. All right, now all three of those wins were at home, and this game is in Chicago, but the Bears, they don't have a very good rush defense, and for that, I'm looking at Devontae Freeman as being a guy that's going to have a big afternoon for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons minus seven. I just think I've loved this pick since the minute I saw this spread come out, and in fact, I just couldn't believe it was so low. One touchdown, seven points, that's it. I'm taking the Falcons to win by at least 10. I think they go into Chicago. They make some type of statement that they are not, they are not just going to roll over the season because they collapsed in the Super Bowl. I'm taking Atlanta minus seven over the Bears in Chicago. Then I'm going with the Houston Texans as a six-point favorite at home over the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars last year, another team that won only three games. They went 3-13. and 13. On the road last year, Jacksonville only had one win. They were 1-7. and seven. Now, um, I, I tell you what, you have, when you're making picks, you have to take all factors. Every single thing is a factor to make a pick. And if you think, if you think that the – look, I don't believe that the Houston Texans are going to go to the playoffs. I don't believe they're going to win the division. You know, they got the macho man Randy Savage as their quarterback to begin the season, but I don't think that's going to last very long. Deshaun Watson will eventually be their QB, and I don't even know that he'll be the answer this season, maybe in the future, but not this season. Houston will have question marks at the quarterback position all year long, and, and Jacksonville might too. But, but – if you think that Houston, they're going to play this game in Houston with everything that's been going on in Houston, the devastation in that city. If you think that they're going to lose this game at home, then you're out of your mind. I mean, do you believe in inspiration? The Texans are going to be so inspired to win this game for their fans. And I'm going to be rooting for them to win this game, even if I didn't pick them. But the fact that I do believe they're going to be so inspired and that they have no shot to lose this one at home, especially to a team like Jacksonville who sucks, I don't know how you can't jump all over Houston at minus six. So I just couldn't ignore this game. I had to pick them. And even if I didn't pick them, I'd be rooting for them. They are going to have everybody in the league other than those people in Jacksonville. And who knows? You might get some people in Jacksonville rooting for the Texans uh, this weekend. But... Sunday at 1 in Houston with everything that's been going on there. Um, to think that they would have a home game in week one and lose to, lose at all, never mind to the Jaguars, would be ridiculous. I'm taking the Houston Texans as a six-point favorite. Houston minus six over the Jaguars in Houston. Then I'm going, to, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I already told you to take Le'Veon Bell in your DFS lineups. I'm going with the Steelers as a nine-point favorite over the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Again, Le'Veon Bell's going to have a big day. The Steelers, I think, are going to roll on the Browns, who are probably going to be pretty devastated that, that Garrett is now out with that high ankle sprain. This one is simple. Pittsburgh wins it by at least 10. I'm taking the Steelers minus nine on the road in Cleveland. Then a 425 kickoff on Sunday. The Carolina Panthers a six-point favorite on the road in San Francisco. You see a theme here? I'm picking against a lot of teams that were very bad last season. The San Francisco 49ers had two wins last year. All right, they're at home. They're against the Carolina Panthers team. That only won six games last year. But again, going back to my season predictions, the Carolina Panthers are going to make the playoffs as a wild card team with 10 wins. They're going to have a bounce-back season. That bounce-back season begins Sunday at 425. Carolina, they are going into San Fran, and they are going to beat up on the 49ers. I'm taking the Panthers minus six 
in San Fran. And my fifth and final game, the Dallas Cowboys. A four-point favorite at home in Dallas over the New York Giants Sunday Night Football. Talked about Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. Well, Elliott, at least as of right now, is going to play week one. He's going to play Sunday Night Football. And if he's on the field, the Cowboys are a damn good team. You saw it last year. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win this one as a four-point favorite at home on Sunday Night Football. I'll take Dallas minus four over the Giants. So those are my five picks. Atlanta minus seven. Houston minus six. Pittsburgh minus nine. Carolina minus six. And Dallas minus four. Picks, picks for week one. Again, brought to you by Adams Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe in Dorchester. And like I said, they are located right down the street from this studio. So I will be stopping by there on my way home to grab some steak tips, some chicken, uh, some sausage to put on the grill for tonight's big game, Patriots Chiefs. And you should be doing the same thing. Stop by and let Jeannie and Gordon take care of you. Even if it's not for tonight's game, they have breakfast, they have lunch, they have dinner. Whether you want to stock your fridge or fill your stomach by eating in their cafe, everything is made to order with the freshest ingredients. Adam's Corner Butcher Shop and Cafe in Dorchester. So, um, can't wait to do that. Can't wait to fire up the grill. Can't wait to watch this one. And I'll be back on Monday to break it all down. Not just this Patriots-Chiefs game, but also everything that happened on Sunday. Finally, football season is here. It has arrived. And uh, I can't wait to react to everything that happens in week one. You can get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Also on the Podcast One Network. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the football. I will talk to you on Monday. <laughs>